Hello and welcome to the Traumanomics Podcast, a place where we discuss a wide range of topics emphasizing healing, change, and growth for abuse survivors. Drawing from personal and professional experiences, we'll discuss issues openly for those in helping positions such as parents, educators, health and mental health professionals, and members of law enforcement. This is Dr. Chris Bertelson. Chris is a survivor, educator, and author. As a teenager, Chris was a target of a notorious child molester in his hometown, a man who went on to abduct and murder one of the victims. This abduction case went unsolved for 27 years. Chris was instrumental in helping bring attention to the cases, which were eventually solved in 2016. And this is Jordan Howard. Jordan is a therapist here in Arkansas with extensive experience working with abuse victims and males in particular. In addition, Jordan works with couples and people with addictions. Together, we hope to share stories and commentary of resilience and healing in a caring and lighthearted way, bringing attention to issues of abuse, addiction, and the effects on individuals and society. Hey everybody, and welcome to the Traumanomics Podcast, the place where men talk about stuff that men don't talk about. Well, Chris and I are here uh, today in, in, in Arkansas about to shoot another episode. We're actually uh, going to follow up on our last episode um, and, and talk a little bit more about parenting today. Chris, how are you doing, man? Hey, I'm good. I was uh, just chuckling about that basketball story still. You always have some good ones, you know, and it, it they, they remind me of my officiating days. So it's always <laughs> it's always kind of a stroll down memory lane. So good good times. Good times. It? Yep. Good times. So Yeah. And and Jordan, well, what, what, you, you had a little story here too you were gonna share, right? I do, I do actually. Yeah. I, I was gonna gonna kick us off today uh and, and talk about it and, and sort of along the lines of a request as well from, from you know, listeners and but I had a, a client recently who, and, and then I tell the story that I've had, uh, I can't even count the number of questions along the same line that I've had throughout my career. And basically the parent is approaching me. Uh, she's, she's, you know, caught her son in some behaviors that, you know, she, that, that she doesn't approve of some vaping and, you know, things of that nature. And, and basically, you know, is really very defeated and just saying, I don't know what to do because you hear all this stuff about be heavy handed with the rules and like we don't accept this and you know, all that all that stuff. Um, and then the other end of it of just allowing, you know, basically a person to do whatever they want to do. So that story reminded me of uh, there's a there's a classic line by James Dobson. I believe it's in his book on bringing up boys. I may be wrong on that, but it's in one of his books uh, where he talks about rules and relationship. And basically the, the thought is, and I'm paraphrasing, that relationship without rules equals rebellion. Rules without relationship equals rebellion. And his, his basic point there is you have to, we, as all parents, we've got to find this balance between both, right? You know, and, and I, I think Chris and I are, are probably the, the you know the generation where um, uh, you know uh, I think rules were you know were more of the way <laughs> the way <laughs> things went in the parenting style you right. know so um, yeah definitely in mine that, that that was it it was more you know the rules were going to be known more so than us working on the relationship and I think we I think we've definitely seen a cultural shift probably the other way over time and and you know I think that there's I think we just want to open this up today to kind of have that sort of raw discussion about that. Uh, you know, that, that that's a that's an issue that I just think we're facing because we're 
we're seeing, or at least I'll speak to it, more and more kids who are now adults, you know, or young adults, uh, who, who were, were raised in probably more of a relationship heavy side of things. And I don't know, you know, I, I'm, I'm not sure again. And I think you guys that are, are listeners here probably understand from me at this point, because I, I like to try to find the middle, <laughs> you know, find as close to the middle on these issues as you can. Cause I, I, I tend to think that's where, that's where we probably need to land on some of this stuff. And honestly, don't you think Jordan on, on some level that the middle is where positive change happens too? Yeah, I think so. I mean, in, in, you know, we're not gonna, if, if we are working with people uh, on, on the extremes, it takes some kind of epiphany, right? It takes some big change to make those folks change. That takes something huge. You know, I think about a lot of the my friends' parents. Even frankly, they're not capable of relationship. They're they're uh, that you know the generation that precedes us. Just they they were not talkers. They were not intimate. And I know I'm speaking very broadly here, so forgive me. But I just know a lot of people generally, and a lot in older generations. They just don't say much. They're just not going to be communicative. So, more stoic in their yep, presentation. Yeah, more stoic. I think we're I think we're seeing that change, though, as you said. Um, you know, I I do have to go back to this vaping story here quickly. And in full disclosure, Jordan, I've never vaped. I'm not sure the appeal. <laughs> I'm not sure the appeal of that. Um, I was a cigarette smoker, but you know, I quit that decades ago. But so I've never understood the appeal. But as you were telling that story, I was thinking about, you know, the Beastie Boys. Are you a Beastie Boys fan, Jordan? Yeah, I was actually. All right, so you got to fight for your right to party. And and there's a line in that song where he's talking about cigarette smoking, and he says, that hypocrite smokes two packs a day. So the, the thing that I was thinking about is, on some level, kicking back to our previous episode on parenting, we got to watch what we're doing too. You know, we can't be uh, vaping and drinking or whatever behaviors we don't want our kids uh-huh. to do and then tell them not to do it. Well, and man, I'm glad you went there on this because that, that opens the door. I can't, I can't count the number of times working in residential treatment with young men who parents would come in and, and th- this becomes to me the classic issue these days because I, I think with, the younger generation, obviously, the, the hot button issue of, of marijuana, smoking yep. pot, uh, is a whole lot bigger than, than drinking. Is yes, for, it is. For the, for the youth. And, and But here's the thing. If you're going to be a parent and come in and be like, well, you can't be smoking pot. Well, mom, you're guzzling wine like it's out of, you know, I mean, <laughs> every night. Right. You know, and it's like, I, and, and this is what I tell parents all the time. I remember I've, I've had this direct question before after a big family week, you know, intensive, uh, to where the parents look at me at the end of it and they're like, we got to quit drinking, don't we? And I'm like, well, if you want to have credibility with your son, yes, you do, you know, because that argument is not going to play. And, and, and I'm, you know, I'm not trying to, I know we can, you know, some people will be like, well, that's, that's ridiculous. Parents should be able to do, look, I'm just being honest here by saying like, if I'm the son in that equation, you're a hypocrite. It, it just it is what it is. You're trying to tell me not to do something that, that you are doing a similar thing to. 
Right. It's not, it's not going to work. And I think Chris, you know, you and I both being sons, I mean, we, you know, we've seen, I mean, I know that probably happens a lot in, in smaller instances, but I'm using that one as a, as a point to make here. Um, we, like Chris said, we've got to watch what we're doing. You know, we have to be mindful and we've got to own our own stuff again. Yes. Yeah, we sure do. And, and, you know, as you say that, I think, <laughs> I don't know. I, when I'm a hypocrite, I sure try to admit it. If I get called yes. on that, you know, I really do. And I, you know, it happens. We do that. It, and we do, we do, we do what we say we don't want to do and hate ourselves for doing it. Right. Isn't that, That's isn't right. that, uh, I think St. Paul said that or something, but it's just one of those things where kids are watching as we talked in the previous episode and this idea of do as I say, not as I do just doesn't fly. It doesn't fly. And if you want credibility, yeah. you, you can't do that. And, and I'm not sure, honestly, if, if it ever flew, really. I, I think it may be in more of an authoritarian parental system, you know, in, in yesteryear. I'm sure it, it happened, you know, yeah. some, but I don't, I don't know that it ever really flew with kids. Don't we you, pick up on those, those discrepancies. Yeah. And, and don't you think too, though, that it's now become a little more acceptable to point that out to parents? I mean, Absolutely. I think of, you know, 40 years ago, you just didn't. You just didn't, quote unquote, cross your parents. You know, and they'd beat you. You know, in a lot of instances. Right. Yep. You know, yeah, and they would. and so that's changed now. That's obviously there, there's laws against that now. And even though it it does happen, I think it probably happens less. To, so you know, to be able to to be able to um, say something, I guess kids kids can say something these days. They probably couldn't in the past. Well, and I think one of the ways that, at least one of the ways that I hear about from from younger people is that, that this comes across now in sort of a different way, but it's not in the way of like, you know, you're going to get beat type thing, but more in the way of, you know, I, I'll hear them say that, you know, well, hey, my dad just doesn't, you know, he, he dad's successful or whatever, and he thinks he knows everything about everything. And I, and I think I see I end up seeing a lot of that uh, with parenting stuff where it's like they're trying to do relationship, but you're not doing it. You know, you're, you're still looking at it from a very self-centered perspective to where it's really still about your, you know, what you're interested in or your stuff versus what your kid is, is into. You know, it's like, like the dad trying to, you know, get his son into mechanics or whatever. He's not interested in mechanics. Yeah, I know what he's interested in. I know plenty of people like that, um, you know, Mm -hmm. takes their three sons golfing, none of whom like to golf. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) It's dad's weekend. We're going to go golfing. You know, dad likes to golf, you know, that sort of thing. Absolutely. And and I think that brings up, you know, back to kind of the original thing here with Dobson's point about, you know, rules and relationships. You know, relationship needs to be defined on on both terms, not just the parental set of terms. You know, I, I think sometimes we we forget that you know our our kids are autonomous beings themselves, uh, and I think if we're doing our job well as parents, we're raising them to be independent people. Yes, I, I sure hope so. I don't <laughs> I don't want, I don't want kids being dependent on me forever. You know, because that that's not helpful in the long run for them. There are. You know, again, as I sometimes do with you, because I, 
I know you hear all these stories and stuff, and I, I like to rock the boat a little bit with this therapy stuff. <laughs> but one of the things I was just thinking about is there are plenty of parents who don't seem to mind their children not being independent. I see a lot of parents uh, letting their kids move back in to the house and, you know, barring some extenuating circumstance. I'm not talking about a divorce situation. I just know people whose kids live with them till they're 30. And, and I don't know if that's good or bad. I guess I'm not really judging it from that angle. But for me, I'd live in my car before I'd live with my parents at that age. Like, I, that's not happening. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, so I don't know if you want to maybe touch Dude, on that. Well, well, and I, well, it brought up this question I was going to just kind of throw out there of like, don't you, to me, I, I wonder sometimes just the differences in, in generations, I think, too, that, that we, you know, I wanted to be independent. I wanted to be out of my parents' house. I loved them, but I didn't want to be with them anymore, right. you know, at, at a certain age. Yep. It's like, I, I could not imagine. It was almost like a sense of pride or whatever you might throw in there. But you, I wasn't going back. You know? No. And and I think that's what you're saying, too. It's like, it, it, I'd, I'd sleep in my car before that happened. It is. You know? and, I, and, um, like, and like I said, I, I don't, I'm not judging it if people live with their folks. I'm, I'm just, it's sure. just different. But I think the reason I bring up the question is the parents changed in there, right? That's right. Um, yes, they did. That's I guess what I'm saying is like for me too. I I'm just old school enough that that's just not gonna that just wouldn't have flown for me. But mm-hmm. uh, parents and I'm trying to I'm trying to think they must be in their fifties, right? The ones that are doing that now, so they're a little mm-hmm. older than me. Well, and it brings up this term that you hear. I think there was even a movie named it. But, I, you know, growing up, I never remember hearing the phrase failure to launch. Oh, and, and yeah. And now there's like, there's probably website dedicated to, to failure to launch. I thought you, you know, were going like, to, I thought you were going to talk about the movie Step Brothers. <laughs> 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 That's where I thought you were going with this. You, <laughs> <laughs> mom, mom, mm-hmm. dad, can we build bunk beds? <laughs> That's where I thought you were heading here. Yeah. Well, and it's and it's true, right? Right. So I mean, sadly, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So is so, that movie? I mean, I'm 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 so out of touch. I'm sorry. Is that a is that a comedy? Uh, yeah, I, I've I've seen it a long time ago. Failure to lie. It, it, you know, but it, it's basically bringing up that point again of like these. You know, in, in this case, it's a guy I think who just, you know, he's probably forty something years old, living with his parents and never doesn't seem to have any motivation to leave, you know, that, that, and I, and look, I, I will, I will tell you that I, I see this as a, it's an issue. I mean, I, you know, that people deal with in therapy sometimes. And it, it's a, uh, I think we have to be very careful again as parents to set the expectation, you know, uh, cause I've, I've encountered clients before too. They, you know, they'll come in it's like, you know, I don't really want to work. I'd rather just paint rainbows the rest of my life. And, and, uh, you know, catch birds or, you know, whatever, ridiculous thing, you know, they're wanting to do, but it's, but have no responsibility, yeah. you know, and, and something that we've said on our podcast, and I think Chris, you might've said it a few, I don't know, several weeks ago, but that word grit, you know, we're seeing a lot of kids that don't seem to have this, this resilience and grit that maybe previous generations had. Uh, we got to look at that and we've got to own that as parents because we're the ones raising the kids. 
Uh, so do you think it's, do you think part of that is in going back to the basketball dad in the previous episode, do you think we've, the pendulum's gone too far the other way of making it too easy? Absolutely. I do. Yeah. Cause I think, I think there's some things, I mean, I just remember, I've been out of the classroom for a long time, so I might not have a, a leg to stand on here, but I feel like we've made things a little easier for kids. I think so. And I think there's the expectation, you know, I, I hear this from my wife all the time, who's a, a an educator at in, in, you know, the collegiate level. And she, she will tell me that, you know, that, that basically kids have a, have a mentality of you're just supposed to fix it for them. Right. It, it, regardless of what the issue is, it can't be their fault. So in that, you know, if you think about the origins of that, that starts with mom and dad. Well, and I think it's know? it starts with also, as you mentioned just a little bit ago, the participation trophies and things. I think we've we've started to credit folks and praise folks for doing what's expected of them. And you don't get praise for showing up to work on time. Like we expect you to do that. Right. Uh, we don't we shouldn't, I don't think we should be, you know, praising kids for getting all their homework done. You know, that's, that's, that's what you're supposed to do, right. you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's part of it. Don't you? I do. I agree. Well, and going back to, you know, using my son's basketball game yesterday, you know, the, when they're done with the game, they go back to this little room and everybody, the way it's done there, everybody gets a star. And literally, you have to you have to sit there until every member of the team gets a star for something, whether it be sportsmanship or offense or defense or you know attitude. But they, they've come up with all of these different things, and I, I remember sitting there thinking at the time, like that just didn't happen when I was playing sports. You know, it's, I, I don't remember any of those type of. You would get like maybe end of the year awards. And like one kid who was the best player got it, right? You know, and and you know it was more. It was just different. It, it, it I, th- I think it helped, you know, um, drive and competitive spirit and those type of things. The other thing I wonder about too, as you're saying this, and you know, we, I have a tendency to take us off course. I apologize, and we're <laughs> we're getting close to out of time already. Shock, but step brothers, step brothers. Yeah, I'm sorry, but one thing I was thinking about is, you know, when we're giving stars to each individual kid. It makes it about those kids, each kid, right? And it yep. and it it's not about the team, um, you know. In your case, basketball is a team sport, exactly. And I think I see that a lot too, where we're just not. It's not about being on the team. It's about well, who's the next great seventh grader that's going to be on varsity? That's right. It's not about well, I've got three juniors and two seniors on my starting five. It's not like that anymore. And, and to your point, Chris, yesterday in the prime example of what you're talking about, I was hearing some of the coaches talk yesterday at the game. And when they, when they teach the young people, you know, my son's seven. So, you know, he, but they're teaching them to shoot every time they get the ball. They have not even gone over the concept of passing at this point, which is very interesting to me Yes, and very telling. It is very kind of where, we, where we are. Yep. Yep. Okay. It is. And that, and it's, you know, I'm a, I'm a student of economics on some level, as you know, and it's, a, it's really about incentives. 
when the system is built that it's not about the team and it's about you, you should shoot all the time. If you're coaching in a, and I'm not thinking a seven year old basketball because I I have a hard time getting my brain around that anyway. But mm-hmm. if you're if you're in a coaching situation, if the coach down the road is uh, looking for the next great eighth grader, I suppose you have to do it too, right? And that's right. It feeds on itself where when the end is simply to win which I get it, you know, you're paid by wins, but when that's when that's what you're looking at, then you're going to do whatever to win. And if you ask kids, I don't know if it's still this way, but many, many surveys have said the number one reason kids participate in activities is to have fun. They don't care about winning. They want to have fun. Yeah. And, you know, it, when Absolutely. It, and when they're not having fun, you know, it's defeating the purpose. Well, and, and to, to, the, to kind of close that out, there was a, a thing I was watching the other day. It was on the, the Manning family, you know, Archie and Peyton and Eli yep. and, uh, you know, great, great, you know, all three great quarterbacks, you know, in the NFL. And, you know, they were talking about, and then I think Eli and Peyton were both talking about retiring. You know, I think Eli just did. He did, uh, yeah. the other day. Yeah, um, he sure did. Yeah. And, but they were talking about what you would miss from the game, and it wasn't all the accolades. It was more of like I, I'm going to miss the the bus rides in the, in the team, the locker room, you know. And, and I think again, you know, that's that's the difference. You know, there there was a thing for our, our generation, just being a part of the team was fun. Well, and that's I mean, as you're saying that, I I'm going back. That's what I miss the most of of umpiring, officiating football too is the, the relationships with the guys. The stories, the my, most of my stories are stuff, you know, related to my partners on the field. Mm-hmm. You know, things that happened that were funny, mostly. <laughs> you know, so, but yeah, I get that completely. And the Mannings, I mean, in fairness, I can, I can see that with those guys. They're, yeah. I always, I always yeah, like I those guys. Too. Yeah. Um, one of the funniest things, well, then we got to stop this episode, Jordan, but one of the funniest <laughs> things I've ever seen is Peyton Manning doing that youth group stuff in New York on Saturday Night Live. Have you ever seen that? Uh-huh. I've seen that one. Yeah. Yes, I have. Yeah. Hilarious. And the, and the backstory yeah. on that is the he was scared to throw the ball hard at that kid, the child actor, and... Uh-huh. The kid's mom went to him, boy mom, <laughs> and told Peyton Manning, throw the ball harder. And then he, he did. And then, of course, you know, the scene is hilarious because of that. <laughs> right. But the mom stepped up and said, you got to hit him with that ball. You got to hit him hard. So. All right, folks. Well, we are uh, out of time here, and we're going we're gonna to pick up next uh, episode. I don't know, Jordan, we might have to think about doing – more on parenting and role models and so, we may there, there's so much to say on this topic there really is and and you know folks we're going to have to talk about co-parenting and divorce and and end of uh relationship and how to try to work together on that too so until next time go ahead and look at our social media like us follow us all that sort of thing have a great week have a great week guys This podcast is made available by Upstart Resilience, LLC, for educational purposes only, as well as to give you general information and a general understanding of the subject matter. This podcast is not designed to give specific professional advice. 
By using this podcast, you understand that there is no counselor-client relationship nor any other professional relationship between you and the hosts. This podcast should not be used as a substitute for competent professional advice from a licensed professional in your state.